Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. And we're into extra time. Hi there and welcome to Extra Time. I'm Clay Wilson. This week we get an internal and external view on the Silver Ferns' dismal display at the Commonwealth Games. There were, however, many great successes for Kiwi athletes on the Gold Coast, and we hear from squash star Joelle King, who had little time to bask in the glory of her three-medal haul. We also reflect on the life of New Zealand's speedway legend Ivan Major, and Nelson cyclist George Bennett tells us about a very hairy moment he had in the Italian Alps this week. Netball New Zealand Chief Executive Jenny Wiley says they're prepared to make tough decisions if a review into the Silver Ferns' dire Commonwealth Games calls for it. The Silver Ferns are ranked second in the world but finished fourth on the Gold Coast, the first time they've missed out on a Games final since netball was introduced to the Pinnacle event in 1998. Netball New Zealand will now conduct a review to be presented to the board in June and Wiley says she's making herself accountable to rectify the side's decline moving forward. We have to look at every part of the campaign and to understand and learn from what has happened in the last six months because the results have declined uh, and that's not what we want either so everything needs to be looked at. We have to wait till we get the findings of that review before we determine what it's like. It's really raw now, it's early stages and so I think to do credit to everyone involved in this campaign we need to take the appropriate amount of time to look at what needs to be different. I can't preempt what's going to come out of the review, but we must do something different. We can't continue in, a, in, a, in the current vein, so we will look at multiple different things, I would imagine, as a result of the campaign review. I know that, that New Zealand demands us to have the Silver Ferns performing well, and so my job and what I'll be measured on is what we do now and what changes we make and that's what I can own and hold myself accountable going forward. My job is to work and do what is best for netball in New Zealand. And we start at grassroots, right through the pathways, through a whole lot of volunteers. So if the findings of the review mean some tough decisions and tough choices, then they will be made. Netball New Zealand Chief Executive Jenny Wiley there. Meanwhile, former Silver Fern selector and player Marg Foster told Morning Report that she believes the Commonwealth Games result is bittersweet, as it will more than likely spell the end for Janine Southby as coach. However, after hitting rock bottom, Foster says the organisation is now in a position to rebuild and get it right. From adversity comes good growth and, and creativity, so I'm really excited about our future and you know, seeing us go to that next level that we probably need to go to. You definitely need to make change, otherwise you know, if you keep doing the same thing you'll get the same results. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what actual changes are implemented. I know that as a nation, I actually woke up this morning, I was quite excited and sort of thought, oh geez, I can um, help to set up shooting academies um, throughout New Zealand for the younger um, netballers to help to breed them 
through for the national team. There's lots of different ways that we can, you know, like putting our resources together and actually getting our sport to still be maintaining its number one position in, in female sports in New Zealand. Can Janine Southby continue, though, as coach? I personally, I don't think she can. I think she's had her day. Like, you know, she's had her opportunity. Um, and it just seems like it has just gone from worse to worse for her. Um, and I guess from an outsider looking in, perhaps the, you know, her surrounding herself with people that are probably more experienced or, you know, have got more knowledge and experience when it comes to those tough games. I don't think she's done that, which is cool. I mean, and I, I believe that she she had a really good CV or plan to, to netball New Zealand when, when she first went for the job. So she obviously really backed herself to be the best that she could be, but mm. it wasn't... Didn't play out in your view. No. Okay, who, who should take over? Have you got a view about the sort of uh, coach that they need? Look, I've always been a long-term supporter and fan of Nolene Taroa, and I know that probably most of the country, her name is synonymous with that particular role. And it's just because she's really credible. Like, she's got the results. She's a real people's coach. And she's a real-time coach. You know, in terms of, like, not being pre-planned, like, when you turn up to an event and go with the flow and what's happening and you get the feel for it, Mm. And I just think she, she is what New Zealand's about and what we are about as a nation. Reporter Bridget Tunnicliffe wrote about it. Um, the netball's world order is changing. England's beating Australia to win the gold medal and we've seen New Zealand lose to England. And perhaps that dominance that New Zealand and Australia has enjoyed is, is changing now. Yeah, look, it was a great and historic day for netball around the world when that particular event occurred that you know two countries no longer dominate the game that's just brilliant for our sport to to actually to have our sport out there more globally and and that's been a big question mark for us in terms of if we're ever vying to go to the olympic games I, i just think this is fantastic in that respect and to see England, their celebrations at the end, like, you couldn't help but be wrapped and excited for them. Should other changes be made? We've talked about the coach. What about Katrina Grant as the right person to captain the side? Should other heads roll, not just the coach? Look, I think that if if there's a change in that coaching management role, of course there'll be changes because that particular coach will bring in her style of athlete and, you know, of what she needs to do to, to get results. Former Silver Fern selector and player Mark Foster there. If there's anyone who deserves a break after the Gold Coast Commonwealth Games, it's squash player Joelle King. King played matches on all 10 days of competition and came away with a second gold on the final day of the event when she teamed up with Amanda Landers-Murphy to win the doubles competition. That was her second gold of the Games, having won the women's singles and also a bronze with Paul Cole in the mixed doubles. But far from getting a break, King told sports editor Stephen Hewson she's straight back into competition in Egypt. 16 matches and not that many days is a pretty tough schedule, but um, I guess having been to two Commonwealth Games before, I sort of knew what to expect and um, it didn't disappoint, that's for sure. I think, you know, I was feeling pretty good today and even after the match I thought, oh, I feel OK. And then, yeah, it just sort of hit me in the last, like, half an hour, really. Um, just looking forward to a bit of a R&R before we leave at 5am. Have you played every day? 
Every single day, yep, from the first day to the very last. So it's been a long schedule for the squashies, but um, you know what, we, if, I wouldn't change it. You know, we had, we've done amazingly well. Our whole team has really stepped up and um, bringing home four medals, best squash result ever, um, two golds, silver and a bronze. It's, it's not bad really, is it? No, not at all. Like say, the, the best re- return for, for squash. When you looked at the program ahead of these games, did you sort of see yourself or prepare yourself for playing every day? Yeah, definitely. Um, like I said, the last two that I've been to, same thing happened. I played every single day. Um, and, yeah, I knew I knew what it was going to take, but until you're actually in the moment and um, living it, it's uh, you can't really imagine how tough it's going to be. So... As I say, it's it's not just me. It's a whole team behind us. It's our management. It's you know all my players that come down and have supported me the whole time throughout the the week. Um, yeah, it's just it's just amazing now that it's over, really. And uh, what a way to finish up with gold. Not a bad way to finish, you know. My partner Amanda and even Paul um, just played some amazing squash, and they were there day in day out um, whether we were playing together or not to support me. So yeah, I, w- I obviously wouldn't be able to do it without them and. Um, you know, I haven't really been out of the village at all since I've been here. I've, we joke that they've made a bed for me at the squash club because that's uh, pretty much where I've been, either at the squash or in my room here. Um, so it'll be nice just a couple of days by the beach, hopefully in, in Egypt, and uh, just relax a little bit and then get back on the court. And... Who's inspired you to go this far in squash? It all started with my mum, you know, crafty sea grader at the Leamington Squash Club. Um, that's where my career began at eight years old. And yeah, she she's always pushed me, and um, she's always supported me the whole way through. So, I guess she's definitely the inspiration. That was squash star Joelle King speaking to RNZ sports editor Stephen Hewson. The New Zealander, widely regarded as the best motorcycle speedway rider ever, is being remembered as a fiercely determined character and a consummate professional. Born in Christchurch on October 4th, 1939. Ivan Major died on Monday, aged 78, ending a battle of several years with a form of dementia. Here's more about the man known to many as simply Mr Speedway. Half a lot to go, and Major looks safe. It's going to be the fifth world title win for Ivan Major. Major takes it and he raises his hand as Major takes his fifth world final win. And he equals the all-time record by Ove Flynn of Sweden of five world championship wins then with that win in heat 18 the new world champion Ivan Major tonight six individual world championship titles three world long track crowns and 1,000 event wins across 26 countries during a career spanning three decades there is no denying Ivan Major was a speedway legend a legend driven from an early age in his hometown of Christchurch to be the best I had my first meeting at um, Aranui in Christchurch when I was 15, I just told a few fibs about my date of birth. We put on a year just to, because um, you couldn't get a license until you were 16. My first bike was about 65 pounds, and that was a lot of money because I was only getting uh, like one pound a week after working after school. Such was his determination to succeed. Before his school years were done, a 17-year-old major left for Britain to chase his dream. His first attempts to break through in the sport failed, and he returned home to race throughout Australasia. But when he went back to the UK in 1963, his fortunes changed, and he became a dominant figure in British Speedway and on the international stage. 
He won his first individual world championship in 1968 and his last in 1979. The same year he captained and coached New Zealand to a world team title, riding injured to secure crucial points. Thanks to a bet made in 1970, the bike he won his third world championship title on became a golden testament to his achievement. After I won the world championship two years in a row, some American businessmen promised that if I won it three years in a row, which had never been done before, they would gold plate the bike. And it took about um, 18 months to completely gold plate. While Major spent most of his career racing in Britain, from 1965 until he retired in 1986 to Australia's Gold Coast, he returned to New Zealand every year to promote Speedway. Speedway New Zealand Chief Executive John McCallum says Major never forgot his roots. If you're going to be successful in that sport, Europe's where you've got to be based, and he was for a long period before retiring to Australia. But he was always a very proud Kiwi and kept the local interest. He still followed the All Blacks and the Crusaders, and he was a proud Canterbury man. The key to Major's success, though, was an intense drive to win and meticulous nature. People would argue that Ivan Pats wasn't the most gifted rider that ever sat on a bike, but he was more determined and his preparation was better, and he just worked extra hard at it. He was just such a competitor. Major's many achievements brought much recognition, including an MBE in 1976 and an OBE in 1989. In 1990, he was one of the 75 inaugural members inducted into the New Zealand Sports Hall of Fame. But in an interview with RNZ in 2013, he admitted interest in the sport had dropped off. They're not as big now because there's no magic names that can draw people to the stadiums. I was a magic name and several other guys were a magic name. And when they were announced that such and such a person is going to be riding next week, Everyone in the town wanted to go, but there's not those uh, magic names now. Major withdrew from public life in 2013 as his health began to deteriorate. Two years later it was revealed he was being treated for a communication disorder and was receiving daily treatment at a Gold Coast nursing home. He is survived by his wife Ray and their three children. Moti hotaka o nei, ko Clay Wilson aho. The Nelson pro cyclist George Bennett admits he was lucky to be alive after he was hit by a car while out training earlier this week. Bennett was out with one of his lotto teammates doing a recce on one of the Giro d'Italia stages when a car turned into his path. The accident happened on the eve of the Tour of the Alps in Italy. He spoke to Barry Guy about the accident, which he doesn't remember too much about. I'm not too sure really, I mean I ended up on the other side of the car, so I'm guessing I just went over the top of it and, you know, hit it on the way over obviously, but... I think it's luckily it was a short car and you had a, had a big car and you stop and then the conservation and momentum laws apply there and you, you know, I came off okay. So, yeah, definitely could have been a lot worse. So, are you all good? Yep, yeah, I mean, all things considered, I'm all good. I mean, I'm bloody sore and, you know, a lot of you know, bruising and muscular stuff, but, I mean, in the in the long term, nothing that won't be fine in a week's time. So are you going to carry on with this tour and you're all good for the Giro? Yep, yep, yep. No, um, you know, today was today was a hard day in the race and, and you know, you don't feel particularly good. But, uh, I mean, no matter what you do in a, in a bike race, it's going to hurt and sort of, uh, yeah, it doesn't matter if it's your lungs, your legs or your, your muscles from, from a crash. I mean, it, it's, it's not a particularly pleasant five, five hours on a bike or whatever, so... 
yeah, we just keep going because I think it's quite an important um, race for the Giro to, to get that sort of intensity back in the leagues. Uh, does it? How does it? Does it affect your psycho? Uh, you know, your psychology or anything like that when when something like that happens? Um, I mean, yeah, this one definitely hit home just because you know a good friend of mine died a couple of days before Christmas, hit by a car, and uh, yeah, this, this is. I mean, I've had a lot. You know, I've had a lot of bad crashes in my time, but this is. Um, you know, and and injury wise, a lot worse than this one. But this one was uh, definitely shook me up a little bit just because of. Um, what what could have happened and, and just the the speed and everything involved in it. So you just part of the skills of, of being a cyclist is blocking it out and yeah, just realise how lucky I am and, and keep going, you know, job at hand and, and, and it's probably quite good at bike race because it's a good distraction from it. And I see uh, an Italian died this time last year, just after the Tour of Alps. Yeah. Michael Scarponi, same thing, hit by a by vehicle. So it's, um, and you know, it's something that's a, a massive problem in New Zealand. I mean, just the, you know, for sure, when you, every time we talk about this, it sparks up the, the debate. And, you know, I'm not really in the mood to, get, to go fully into it at the moment, but it's such a, it's just New Zealand drivers, I think, are some of the most unaware of, of um, what it's like to be a cyclist. And, and just, yeah, I mean, I, I really don't like training in New Zealand. For that reason, and um, just the, the drivers are just just terrible there, and yeah, so it's definitely something that you know we touched on this last year, and something that really needs to change in the mindset. And, and you know, and, and like I said last time, it's it's a two-way street. Cyclists also need to to think about being courteous, and I'm not condoning these you know 30, 40-man bunch rides where they ride through a breast, but you know everyone should be able to ride safely through a breast on the road. And, People should just wait, have a bit of patience, or wait a few seconds before they pass. Or, but it's, it's, it's definitely two things at fault. There's the, the awareness of, of cyclists, and then there's just the attitude towards them about, you know, how pass, close you pass and things like that. So we have a long way to go. But as we found out yesterday, the rest of the world also isn't uh, isn't perfect. George Bennett is building towards the Giro d'Italia in a fortnight, the first of three Grand Tours in Europe. And that's extra time for another week. Remember, you can contact us via email at sport at rnz.co.nz and keep up with all the latest in sport via our Twitter account, at RNZ Sport. Thanks for joining us, and bye for now. Tired of ads barging into your favourite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.